Hello and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about Infinity Train. My name is Patch, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal in the podcast car. It's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian? <laughs> uh, laughing at the fact that, uh, of all things, you froze on your name. I couldn't remember which name I used last week, so I had to pause and think about it for a second. <laughs> yeah, to be, to be fair, I mean, I didn't either, but it's like, it was just funny that, like, last week you got into a whole, a whole discussion, like, 10-minute discussion about syntax and everything, that we didn't even have, like, the most wanted criminal part, so I was, like, trying to remember how you're gonna do that in this one, too. <laughs> I hope it was to your yeah, liking, no. but yeah, I, uh, since I alternate every week, I try to keep that up, but sometimes I just forget what I used last week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, that's each their own in terms of that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, it's like pretty standard. I've, I've not really had the chance to really do a whole lot since last time we talked, really, besides, like, I mean, on last Saturday when I played Pandaria for, like, uh but like since then it's mostly just been like well i've been at work for like 44 and a half hours this week entirely because yeah because i mean hey turns out training a new guy means uh some stuff gets done a little slower yeah but still (laughs) yeah it's it's to be fair it's not been nearly as bad as i thought i don't want to rip his spine out from him like it's a fucking mortal Kombat game (laughs) or anything like that yet So, improvement compared to uh, the first week when I was dealing with my previous co-worker. Well, if he's even vaguely competent, then it's an ad- advantage over every other co-worker you've had so far. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something I mentioned to my other friends yesterday when we were doing our like uh, weekly tabletop game, where they were like, it's kind of a really low bar to clear, huh, <laughs> Vivian? And it's like, yeah, it really is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, boy. It's like again, thinking back to that fucker who uh, I worked with back in Connecticut, who uh, tried acting like he was such a good ally and gave me some like really, honestly, shittily made uh, non-binary flag uh, shirt that his sister apparently mm-hmm. made one day, and then the very next day, dead, uh, dead naming me to my face, mm-hmm. and it's like, cool. This is going in, in the trash. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I mean, if I was in a better state of mind, I would have donated to somewhere, but it's like, at the same time, I was like, ah, this thing pissed me off, and I'm gonna toss it in the trash. <laughs> yeah, don't blame you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I don't hate my other co-workers at this job, but at the same time, I've not dealt with any of them in the office, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most, like, the most I've seen is, like, a few of them, like, during, like, bits when they were training me initially, yeah. and, like, I've met, the, I've met like, the manager's manager a few times back when she was just the manager before she got promoted to the manager of the managers. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I haven't met most of them anyway, so it's like, well, I can't say one way or another if you would piss me off entirely if we were working in the office or not. So. <laughs> but that's probably for the best. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you've been updating? Uh, panic, mostly. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, with, yeah, with housing stuff. Well, it's, it's not that exactly. It's a little, uh, so, as of the day we are recording this, there are four more weeks of class left, and this is my final semester, so I have four more weeks of class, and then I'm supposed to graduate after that, and... It's like a lot, and so I'm kind of freaking out. Yeah, yeah, college is a lot, <laughs> especially because it's like you really don't know until like a few days before the actual like graduation ceremony whether you actually 
passed and have enough credits to graduate yeah. college. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't miss it. <laughs> like, there's times where I'm like, oh, I feel like it'd be so much more relaxing if I was still a student compared to being an adult having a job. And meanwhile, it's like, ah, oh, no, that would mean I'd be doing homework. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my particular mental issues aside, being a student has been very... Uh, I want to say relaxing for me, but I'm not super sure that's the best word because I think I've learned through all of this that I do better when I have a consistent schedule and college just isn't good for that. But it's been an interesting yeah. exploration of myself and how my brain works. <laughs> yeah, because especially with like what you mentioned with the schedule stuff, it's like, yeah, like every day at college is different because it's like, it's not even like an AP schedule like high school. It's just like, oh yeah, this class only meets on Thursday. That's it. Yeah, I have three classes and each of them lasts for three hours and that's it. Oh boy, that's a long time to be in a classroom. It is. It's so much. It's... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Are they all at least on different days of the week? Yeah, yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday right now. But that's been different over the course of, you know, everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. obviously, based on the different uh, semesters and whatnot. Yeah, it's very... I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what comes next after that, and I just, like... It's hard, because I don't know how to plan for the future and also make sure I finish this at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a complicated bag of worms there. Yep. It's similar to, like, how I had to be out of work for that, like... Uh, four days when uh, I had the apartment stuff happen where it's like hey I feel bad that I have to leave this like I don't even really consider her much of a co-worker considering she was there for two days but it's like I know she just started literally today but I'm like I can't be here to focus on this other stuff related to work because I need to find actual housing because I can't afford to be in a hotel for a very long time <laughs> really much at all because hotels are fucking expensive especially here in hartford they're like 130 dollars a night wow yeah and that wasn't even, that was even in hartford that was like closer to where my job Oof. is <laughs> like it was, it was like 15 minutes out of hartford and it's like how is this still like this much money <laughs> it wasn't even like a particularly like fancy hotel or anything like that either <laughs> yeah so that's yeah. that's kind of where i am it's just trying to catch up on homework and doing some preliminary research about where I'm going to end up next, and hopefully you'll figure that out, but in the meantime, I tried playing Baldur's Gate, and oh boy, do not play Baldur's Gate. It's a bad game. <laughs> the original, the original or yeah. the, the one still Well, the enhanced the... edition, I yeah, I'd, I'd imagine it's... I mean, that game was released in what, uh, like 2004? Something like that, or so? but I don't about? know. It's, I think it was earlier, honestly. But the thing is, is like... I've heard a lot of people say that it is the best Dungeons & Dragons game of all time. And I'm sorry, but I can't respect those people. You're wrong. <laughs> oh, originally, its original release was in 1998. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jeez, that released the same year as fucking Oklahoma. Yeah, it's second edition D&D, so... <laughs> oh, uh <-huh>. wow. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just... Uh, it's... Still, still, dealing with, still dealing with that game, yep. huh? <laughs> I mean, that's that's not a huge deal in this game. I mean, it's there. That's how the game works. But it's, you don't have to pay too much attention. That's, it's just so, like, I've been a level one character for eight hours now, and I'm not even halfway to leveling up. I have eight yeah, hit that's, points. That might be a problem. Yeah, that might be a problem. It's mm -hmm. interminable. 
and just about every enemy you run into rolls at least a d6, so if you get hit twice, you're dead. Reload. Start over. It's... Yeah, fine. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Multiple of my party members have four hit points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah, because that's when, like, wizards and other classes like that only use a d4 mm -hmm. hit die. Right, yeah, it wasn't until... I actually don't know if it was in 4th or 5th when they changed those to D6. I truly have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot, a lot of them got increased. Because, like, I think, I want to say Rogue and Bard were still also D6 back in 3 and a half edition, when I, which is the only one I, I played. I believe that's true, fifth. yes. Yeah, but yeah. now they're both obviously D8, because it's, like, the only ones that are D6 these days are Sorcerer and Wizard. Yeah, I mean, the other major problem I'm having with it is that so you have your main character and then five party members in this game for a total of six, yeah? I have met mm -hmm. uh, ten potential party members so far. And the thing is, is when you tell someone to leave the party, there's no hub or whatever. They don't go back to a place. They just stay where you left them. Oh, oh so if no. you forget what town you left your ranger in, you will never oh, see boy. your ranger again. <laughs> But worse than that, there are some characters that don't stay where you left them. They just vanish forever when you tell them to leave the party. And there's no indication of whether that's true or not. But on top of that, there are some characters that when they ask to join your party, if you say no, they vanish forever. So every time someone asks to join your party, you have to say yes or you, lo you might lose them. And then you have to dismiss someone from your hope. party who you might lose also. Yeah, you... <laughs> Yeah, you had to hope that you're, whoever you're picking goes back to a hub or something. No, they don't go back to a hub. They'll just place. stand wherever you oh, right, left yeah, them. Yeah, where they stay in place, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's yeah. bad. That's dumb. I'm sure there is probably a list of that somewhere, but I don't want to have to be looking at the Wikipedia page to play this game. Yeah. I want, I have to imagine, hopefully, that there's like somebody who made a mod about that to try to fix that. Maybe, crap. but I'm playing it on PlayStation, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Clearly, this might not have been a good decision. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like on... Oh, I, I guess they don't do like the uh, older games for free anymore, really. It's just PS4 and PS5 these days, anyway. Yeah, something like that. I, I own it, mm -hmm. but I don't... I assume it was a game of the month at some point. Yeah, probably. So, yeah. Um, play Neverwinter Nights 2. It's better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe if you really want to play Baldur's Gate, just wait till 3 releases later. Yeah, see, that's why I was going to do this, is because Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out, and I figure I'll jump on that, so I wanted to play the first two, but I don't know if I'm going to finish the first one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds real rough. It's, uh, it's always weird to, like, compare it to, like, oh, other games that released in the same year. It's like, uh, I was watching the, uh, what's it called, the, um what happened on Conqueror's Bad Fur Day mm -hmm. today, and, like, uh, Matt Magus was just listening, like, oh, yeah, all these other games that released the same year as Conquer, and it's, like, why would you play Conquer when it's, like, you had, like, stuff, like, uh, whatever it was, like, there were, like, a good amount of them that was, like, oh, yeah, like, all this shit was <laughs> the same, like, around the same time as Conquer, and it's, like, yeah, you kind of send Conquer out to die, but also, like, Nintendo didn't even bother advertising it, because they're, like, yeah, it's the majority yeah. of the game, I guess, if you want to do that. Uh, it's kind of not our style, but, um, <laughs> good luck. Oh, the other thing I hate about Baldur's Gate is that because it's second edition, it just uses these weird and arbitrary rules that used to be a thing back in mm -hmm. the day. Like, uh, oh, oh, it was Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy X, or at least in the same year as Conqueror's Bad for 
<laughs> yeah, uh, not, not really much of a, a choice there. <laughs> yeah, like, um, all the classes are race-restricted. So, for instance, if you want to play oh, a paladin, you boo. have to be a human. There's no other options for paladins. Boo. So, that, there's bad. that, and then stuff like clerics aren't allowed to use bladed weapons. It has to be blunt. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's a bit, that's a bit silly. <laughs> that's a bit silly. Then plays with with just weapons that clerics. Yeah, can use. it's goofy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Right now, I'm running around with one wizard spell, and I'm hitting stuff with my morning star more than anything because I only have one spell. Low <laughs> <laughs> uh, level D and D. Yep. <laughs> really just like why would anybody really even start a campaign at level one start at level two that's when it gets actually more interesting because you have more than just two spell slots i don't even mind starting at low levels as long as you level up at a reasonable time but as i say eight hours of level one (laughs) so far it's kind of like uh yeah like it's kind of like the contrast between like when my friends and i played 5e that one time so far it's like yeah, we leveled up uh, to two at the end of the first session and level three at the end of the second. It's like, boom, just get... Because it's like a case of like being like the GM being like, yeah, these lev- like this little stuff is like, kind of sucks. Probably should start at level three, actually, just in general, or level two at yeah, the minimum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so that's... I don't know. That's what I was doing today. It's frustrating. Oh, also, all of the party members but one that you get at the beginning of the game are the evil ones so you just get really top loaded on evil guys <laughs> <laughs> fun so is there a reason for that i truly do not just... know <laughs> hmm. maybe it's just because like so i haven't experienced this but my understanding is that there's like a reputation score in the game and if you become too good then your evil party members will quit and just leave so i'm guessing that probably they're there is like an object lesson in that but i don't know uh like maybe this is how they teach the mechanic of like oh if you be too nice and it's like oh this guy's gonna yeah, exactly you didn't kick enough puppies <laughs> Yeah, but it's especially weird in some ways, because, like, one of the guys in my party is just a mercenary, and the guy he was hired to protect got killed, and now he's evil, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, as you do. (laughs) You you fuck up one mercenary job, and then all of a sudden you decide, "Uh, I guess I'm gonna be a jerk. (laughs) Well, he's not even a jerk, he's just textually evil, that's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a line that mattered a lot more back in the day, so. Yeah, it really doesn't much these days anymore. Yeah, not really. Which is a good thing because it's like, well, do you really want to have to play exactly a lawful good character to keep your paladin powers? No, <laughs> not all the time. Yeah, one of the achievements in the game is absolutely to become a fallen paladin, so. <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, rangers can lose their powers and fall into the forces of evil, so... That, that, they're rangers. Uh-huh, yeah, become a fallen ranger. That, that, that's not how rangers work. It used to be. Did it? Like, back in 2nd yep. edition? Huh. Yeah, because you gotta remember, yeah. rangers were based off purely Aragorn the ranger from Lord of the Rings, right? So he's 
Uh, he's a descendant yeah. of Numenor and has the blood of kings and the superhuman strength and the powers and all that, even though that's not really displayed mm-hmm. in the movies. So that's like, yeah. that's what a ranger was. So if a ranger turns evil, then you've got an evil Superman running around. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess that tracks a little bit more based on... Which is just funny compared to like these days where it's like, yeah, even with the improvements they've done to Ranger, it's like, eh, Ranger's still like a bit of a weird class. <laughs> this weird mixture of Druid, Fighter, and Rogue that really can't do anything yeah. as well. I mean, it, it, one of my favorite things about The Lord of the Rings that just absolutely is not in the movies at all is at the end of Fellowship, after Frodo and Sam leave and uh, Merry and Pippin get carried off by the orcs, then Legolas and Aragorn and Gimli just run, chasing the orcs that took Merry and Pippin for literally three days straight without stopping for anything. <laughs> and uh, I yeah. think that happened in the movie too, right? Not like that, no. I mean, we see a little bit of a chase scene, I, but it's certainly not. I, 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 I thought that like Gimli at one point says, like, we've been running for three days with no food, no rest. Right. I he Maybe said that. in the extended editions. I don't believe he does in the base. But either way, just oh, like... I could, I could have sworn he said it in all of them. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I so mean, to, goofy. To be fair, it's, it's, it's been at least like a decade since I've actually watched any Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> I think the, actually, I think the last Lord of the Rings movie I saw was The Hobbit when it was in theaters back in like 2012. Mm, interesting <laughs> I saw, choice. I saw it on Christmas. I, I saw it on, to be fair, I saw it on Christmas with my roommate and his girlfriend at the time. <laughs> By that I mean my roommate at the time. I don't know if he's obviously I haven't spoken to them in like eight, uh, like almost a decade ever since I had that big falling out with a bunch of those people in Illinois. So it's like I don't know, I don't know how that went. Obviously, <laughs> you know, actually I don't have to come down too hard on this. Like the first Hobbit, I walked out of pretty satisfied with. It was the second one where things got. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you walked out of the first one, then went to see the second one yeah, anyway. The first one was relatively okay. Like. Oh, I thought you meant. I thought you meant like you walked out of it like in the during the movie. Oh no no like, no no. no. <laughs> I, okay, I interpret that as like you like were like fuck this. This movie sucks, and then you still went to the second no, one anyway. No, the second one is the one that. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, that I I didn't see the third one. <laughs> no, I I only I never saw the second or the third one of those. Yeah, good choice. You saw the good one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the one that's like, oh, okay, this is like almost like pretty much just the beginning of Hobbit. What's up with this other like waterfall thing? And what's up, what's up this like one fight where they try to make you think that uh, Thorin died? And it's like, but he's not. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and then also the eagles. And it's like, oh, okay, I don't remember this one in the book. But then again, I, it's also been ages since I read The Hobbit. <laughs> Which one is it? Sorry. The the Hobbit, like the no, actual I didn't hear book. What you said. Oh, like, uh, the stuff near the, like, dirt, because I make most of the first Hobbit movie is just, like, one for one, like, stuff from the yeah. early in the Hobbit, but then it's, like, they have, like, that whole, like, the, like, the, the river fight and everything with them in the barrels and stuff, and it's like, I don't remember this and no, that. that did happen, technically. Kind of. <laughs> but is it in the Silmarillion? No, it's just that in the book, what happens is the Hobbits slip into barrels to escape from the Elf King's jail. And they... You you mean the doors, and you're saying the hobbits? <laughs> you said the hobbits slip into the barrels, but there's one hobbit and there's twelve yes, doors or thirteen dwarves. <laughs> no, no, like specifically, most of them are dwarves. Okay, name four of them. <laughs> Philly, Killy, Thorin, Bob. Ah, okay, fine. 
<laughs> hobbits because Bilbo's the to most fa- important to one, be so. fair to be fair I only remember that because if for some reason I remember Bombor I really had said Thorin and I remember feeling and Killy because one of them has a relation, like some sort of like relationship with a hot elf lady in the movie mm, yes her <laughs> mm-hmm. yep <laughs> but hey I proved you wrong I named four of them <laughs> I maintain that they are hobbits because none of them matter but Bilbo but okay <laughs> I mean, yeah, most a lot of them die anyway. <laughs> so it's like, it, and like again, like like none of them really matter overall because it's like the few that do survive are like, okay, bye. We, we, I guess we won't show up in like fifty years when Frodo tries to do other stuff. Well, but isn't no. isn't Gimli like the isn't Gimli the son of one of them though? Uh, yeah, yeah. Gimli is the son of Gloin, who is the brother of Oin, who are both part of this dwarfy uh, conclave. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't have to- been able to tell you the names Gloin and Oin, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's like there's like two other ones that are like close to Bombor's name. Uh, Biffer and Bofer, yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, that's what it is. I was like, I was like being like Bolin. No, Bolin is from the Nakora. <laughs> <laughs> but it's close enough. You can see where my assumption would be there, would being like, oh yeah, that's a. I mean, especially with Thorin as well. It's like, okay, there's probably a guy named Bolin, right? No. <laughs> Uh, pretty close. I can't yeah, believe that there has been a dwarf in the Lord of the Rings named Bofur for 90 years and no one has ever used Bofur these nuts. Yeah, everybody just does it with like Slugma in Pokemon instead. <laughs> <laughs> or, or in terms of Slugma balls and not Slugma yeah, yeah. nuts, I guess. But still, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Infinity Train. <laughs> <laughs> As we get on talking and making both of these nuts jokes about Because we were talking about hobbits. <laughs> and then you said they weren't hobbits. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Like when, uh, yeah. Well, they, I mean, they aren't hobbits. Because, like, there's 13 dwarves there's and only one hobbit. Dwarves. I thought there were 13. dwarves, one hobbit, and oh, a wizard. Uh, okay. It's still, that's 14 people. One of them is a hobbit. I don't think you can call them all I hobbits. I don't know if the results. wizard really counts toward the total, though, because he does kind of just leave. Yeah, that's true. that's true. Yeah, like, he goes there to be like, hey, you're you're in this shit now. Okay, fuck off later. <laughs> I'll come back, maybe. <laughs> I got shit to do. I got very important wizard stuff. I gotta get high all the time. But to be fair, I mean, the Lord of the Rings world, except for, like, you know, the, all the bad stuff with Sauron, it's like, sounds like a pretty good place to live in if you're just, like, eating, like, six meals a day and getting high as fuck. Nope, you know what, you're right, there are 13 dwarves, I forgot Thorin, because he's too pretty. <laughs> Can you name all 13 of them? Um, maybe. So, I mean, Thorin, obviously, Biffer, Bomber, Bofer, yeah. uh, Oin, Gloin, Keely, Feely, Balin, Dwalin, and... Dwaylin, I was thinking Dwaylin, right. I, also, I think Balin when I was thinking Bolin. That's what I think I was doing. And, uh, no, I think that's as far as I got, so I'm missing three of them. Uh, uh Dory, Nori, and Ori, yeah. Right, yeah. It's like, there's, like, so many of them that are, like, you know, tr- like, duos or the trios yep. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, it's like, do any of them really do anything besides, like, Thorin dies and I know Philly and or Killy die? And it's like, nah, not really. I think maybe one of the bees die. Or at least the Viffer Buffer and Bombor. And I don't think Balin dies. Because, like, Balin and Dwayne, I think, like, one of them is, like, the one that kind of takes Thorin's place at the end when spoilers, I guess, for when Thorin uh, dies. Um... I believe Dwaylin is the super old one, so I think 
Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's him, right? Because I think it's him, like, uh, doing, like, some sort of agreement with, like, the no, other... No, Balin is the whatever. super old one. I'm sorry. He's dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think Balin or and or Dwaylin is like one of those guys near the end that's like we we came to an agreement to share the the horde and everything. Yes, Balin is the really Whatever. old one who like he is the most visually distinct of them because he's the only really old one. So <laughs> yeah, that that right. Okay, yes, I do remember this guy. Yeah, I remember his visual because again, like all the other ones are just like eh, they're like hot dudes maybe in some cases, <laughs> and Thorin is like. Uh, probably the most hot because yeah. of Zorin, but it's like, yeah, this is like the one old guy, so it's like, okay, he stands out. They are all very visually distinct. It's just that, like, <laughs> there's too yeah. many of them. It's the thing. <laughs> like everybody remembers like the Fellowship because it's like, okay, yeah, there's like four hobbits, a wizard, two dudes, and an elf and a dwarf. People remember them. Uh, I mean, Frodo and doesn't. Then, and but... then everybody's like, oh, what? Well. Like, if you watch and pay very close attention to the Lord of the Rings movies, Frodo and Legolas do not have a conversation through the entire series. Well, uh, I guess they don't, like, have, like, a back and forth, but, like, Legolas definitely does say that he has his bow. That's not to Frodo. So, like, he does he, 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 does it, does it, is it not? I thought, oh, I, yeah, I no, know. they never again, have I haven't seen, a direct address to I each other. I have not seen these movies. <laughs> Again, okay, to be fair, again, I have not seen any movies in like a decade. And there's so. also <laughs> at one point where Frodo is healing from a wound and he's in Rivendell, and the others show up and he cries out each of their names. He's so excited to see them, and then when Legolas shows up, he's just super confused. He does not know who that is. <laughs> well, he hasn't met him at that point yet. Like, he's only known his Hobbit bros and Gandalf at that point. Like, he hasn't even met... Uh, well, I mean, he's, He already he's knows met, Gimli. Uh, our... Like... Uh-huh. Oh, does Gimli, like, hang around at some point, like, in the book itself or whatever, like, because, like, he's old friends with, uh, like, well, the Bilbo's friends with his dad or something? No, uh, I, I believe this is at the end of the trilogy afterwards, because Gandalf is already Gandalf the White, so... <laughs> yeah, this is after he gets no, rescued no, from, it's... from, um... Oh, okay. I'm thinking. Okay, no, I I had my wires crossed. I was thinking this is like when he like it wakes up in Rivendell after he gets stabbed by like the one uh, Ringwraith early on in Lord of the Rings, not uh, Return of the yep. King. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, I was wrong. I was thinking like earlier on, being like, was there ever a point in like the the actual like book version of Lord of, of the first Lord of the Rings book when like it's like because you know that goes into like more detail about like how there's like basically like 50 years between when Bilbo leaves after his birthday to when Frodo heads out with the ring and everything so i was like is there something in there that like gimli showed up at some point being like oh i'm i'm your i'm your uh uncle slash dad's or whatever old bud because uh, you know my dad is he around or whatever <laughs> yeah no this is this is after mount doom when frodo's been rescued and brought back to rivendell he just does not know who legolas is <laughs> <laughs> oh right right it's because like it's because like you don't hear uh the audio or whatever you're just seeing him like mouth their names or something right I think that's what it is. Uh, he says but everybody else's like... names. Well, I think it, I, but I think you don't. I think it's like you see him mouth it or something, right? I don't think you actually hear Frodo speak, like because it's like some weird like reunion thing or whatever, <laughs> where they like, have like the audio, like from them use that, but you can see Frodo mouthing it or something to say give me an Aragorn, but then like like this being like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Frodo is just racist towards elves. I don't know. <laughs> Well, it goes both ways because 
I mean, the elves are basically racist towards everybody in Lord of the Rings, aren't they? <laughs> Just saying. Legolas mm-hmm. has one line to Frodo in all three films, and it's to the group as a whole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's at the same, come on. <laughs> That's presumably in the Minds of Moria, right? Uh, yes, I believe so, as they're fleeing through the, uh, the, the crumbling yeah. stairs. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Um, Infinity Train, again. <laughs> <laughs> now we're shifting. This is now a Lord of the Rings podcast. Let's talk about how Frodo and Sam are definitely fucking... Well, I mean, they are. <laughs> Did you read that Ostertag that goes about. That goes about. That goes about saying, really, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> my episode this week was Book 1, Episode 3, The Corgi Car. And we open with Tulip, who's, like, in a starfield full of floating instruments, and she's just yelling at her hand. <laughs> she says that the number on her hand hasn't changed for a week, and at this point I wasn't super sure how, like, literal that was meant to be, but we will find out later. Yeah, it's been a week, so she missed programming camp, I guess. Yeah. But. <clears throat> entirely. <laughs> Which is very funny that later on she'll, she says, oh, I probably missed it entirely. It's probably already over. And it's like, if you acknowledge it's been a week, yes, it is over. <laughs> It was a weekend. It was supposed to be on the weekend. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh, Gladwin takes this opportunity to start talking to his hands also, which of course gives Sad One a crisis about whether they even have hands. But Tulip just kind of ignores them. Uh, that's a thing that's going to happen a lot. Tulip, despite allegedly caring for One One, kind of just ignores them most of the time. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah. since she wants off of this train, she decides just not to take any more breaks ever. And she asks 1-1 to time her, which I'm mentioning here. It's going to happen several times in this episode. I'm never going to point it out again, because, like, it it doesn't matter. She asks 1-1 to time her, and then he absolutely doesn't, as she just takes off running. (laughs) Every time. He never actually times her. Yeah, he he just established he doesn't have hands, so he doesn't have a watch, obviously. Yes, she races through the rest of the keyboard car, because it's like a, a bridge made out of a giant piano. And then she barges into the, what's called in the Wikipedia page, the cross-eyed ducks car, which is just absolutely mm-hmm. full to the brim of ducks. And then the monster dance car, which is a party full of monsters who ask Tulip to mash with them. And finally, the ancient temple car, which is just the opening to Raiders of the Lost Ark. And after all of that, though, the 109 on her hand remains the same, and she finds herself in a land that is very clearly inspired by ancient Greece, but populated with corgis. I have to quickly just mention, how come her number isn't actually going up? Because, like, we, we know that, like, a part, big part of, like, I mean, we'll know by, like, the end of these two episodes that, like, a big part of, like, the number going down is, like, being a little bit more introspective and stuff. But she's, like, actively fucking around with some of these people at times, like, because she's, like you know, trashing this party a little bit. How come her numbers not go increasing, actually, while she's doing that? Um, I feel like, on some level, what... How do I say this? I'm I'm having difficulty saying this without spoiling things, but she's not actively harming people, so to speak. Like, she's causing a mess, but she's not... Getting in there and hurting uh, yeah, folks. Like, I, I, I guess, I guess, yeah, compared to something that we'll learn at the end of this season, yeah, like, there is, like, there is, like, making a mess and there's actively screwing with people on the train, exactly. I guess. Like, <laughs> even in the monster dance car, yeah. she apologizes as she pushes through the party and says she doesn't have time. It's, it's just, like... Yeah, she's, 
She still does like make a mess of like some of their dishes and stuff. No, she absolutely does run along the table instead of across the floor for no reason. <laughs> yeah, like you you could not do that. <laughs> but yeah, um, the thing I wanted to point out before we got diverted though is that she jumps right out of the ancient temple car into the corgi car. So I guess like there's no train separation between these yeah, two. Yeah, I, I didn't notice. I did notice that too, yeah. It's like it seemed like it was like just a chore led directly there as opposed to there being like exit the train and to like the connecting yeah, cars. Not button. this time. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, basically the second she gets there, uh she and one one are greeted by Atticus, the king of Corginia, uniter of Cardigans and Pembrokes. And how he got here so fast, I truly have no idea, because he's saddled up four corgis who are carrying him on a litter. Um <laughs> Tulip introduces herself as a person who likes books, which, as far as I can tell, is a lie, because remember how bad she was at English, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, for this, she is given the title Tulip the Literate. One one do does not introduce either of themselves. Um, Atticus offers to show them around, to kind of give them the... Uh, the tour guinea of core guinea as he says and she politely declines this is the nicest tulip has ever been to anyone um yeah in, at least at this point in the show yeah, yeah for sure but they super don't really pay attention and he starts the tour anyway i'm not really clear on how anything got here but this place is built like there's machines all over the place there's mechanical food dispensers and belly rub machines and like yeah it's like it's a, it's a thing that comes up multiple times in both these episodes and i think it's like a recurring joke throughout that like atticus doesn't have thumbs and it's like all these all these dogs don't have thumbs how they build the stuff listen the no thumbs thing is going to be such a recurring thing this is already the second time we've had it so because remember mm -hmm. the cat didn't have thumbs oh, yeah. either Right, the cat, yeah, now Atticus, and, like, in the next episode, like, them plus, uh, our, like, crystal, uh, buddy, <laughs> like, no, uh -huh, yep. yeah. But, yes, uh, so Tulip asks how many dogs there are in Corginia, and apparently the answer is 400. So I feel like that maybe helps us get an idea of the scale of these cars, because you asked last time if it was a whole world, but if it was, I feel like it would be a lot more than 400 dogs. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, 400 would be pretty small for, like, a country. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but Tulip tries to leave, but Sad One yeah. is busy being nihilistic at dogs, so he can't go yet. And uh, Atticus decides to be very helpful, though. He tells her exactly where the door is. It's just across the Great River and through the twisting woods of mystery. It's also an unsolvable puzzle door, so that's wonderful. Uh, question here, real quick. Since Atticus does mention that he, like, uh, united the Corgis and the Pembrokes and everything, can we make the assumption that the Pembrokes is, like, a different car? Like, it's, like, a Pembroke uh, car? Well, Cardigans and Pembrokes are two separate breeds of Corgi, so... Oh, okay. Uh, gotcha. It's fancy English dog breeder stuff. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, yes. So it's an unsolvable puzzle door, and Tulip is just about to take off sprinting through the woods, but Atticus does try to get her to wait a second, but she is not listening. And then there is, like, an explosion, and a great big shadow monster jumps out of the woods, and its silhouette is all across the sky, and all the dogs run to the temple for cover. Uh, yeah, Tulip doesn't especially care about the shadow monster. Like, she's hiding in the, to the temple with everyone else, but... Like, I have no idea how many cars she's actually seen at this point. It's at least six, but she just immediately wants to get all these dogs together and attack the monster, so... 
Yeah, I think actually based on the there's a look at her book about the different cars that she has that we'll see next episode that I'll bring up, but it's like I don't think it's many more cars than the ones we've seen so far, even though she says it's been a week. <laughs> yeah, no idea. Um yeah, so thing is is that it's impossible for the corgis to band together and attack the monster because unfortunately the uh, the great river is 2 feet deep and if the corgis tried to cross it they would drown. Uh, I'm not super sure why they can't swim. They're, they're dogs, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Glad one goes to see if the monster is gone, and it is, so they all head outside, where Atticus shows them a building. It's, like, all flooded and submerged. Apparently a week ago it was their, quote, dog apartment of water and power. I have a lot of questions that this show is not going to answer, <laughs> but okay, sure. Yeah. Also, also, you skipped over the the funny bit with like uh, trying to get Atticus to even leave to go outside. <laughs> it's like that whole like prorated prorated uh, scene of like, you want to go outside? Come on, let's yeah. go outside. And he's like, yes, no, no, I go. <laughs> and before you find it, it's actually follow her outside. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. He, he's gonna do that a lot, and again, I don't feel like pointing it out every time. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, this was the first time, though. Like, they they do it again, like, at the end of this episode, but it's, like, it's worth pointing out the first time. I, I guess. <laughs> he is a dog, after all. It's weird, though. I would, like, normally I would as associate that behavior more with cats than dogs. I'm just saying. Um. Yeah, usually dogs want to go for walkies immediately once you mention exactly. it. But... Yeah, Tulip feels like this is probably connected to her number because, you know, it's been a week since her number last changed, and it's been a week since this monster showed up. They must be connected, which is extremely flimsy logic, but she's 13. What are you going to do? Um, Atticus will not let her go alone because he can tell her how to solve the unsolvable puzzle door, and more importantly, if he can help fight the monster, he has to because he's got to protect his people. So she reluctantly agrees and carries him across the river, despite his pervasive wiggling, where it's revealed that uh, what really seemed to be a mountain when they were sitting in the city looking out over the landscape, it's really just like a 20-foot hill. Um, yeah, it's like they're they just like going up a pretty casual incline when they're like silhouetted walking along. They're not actually like climbing yeah, absolutely. up like a mountain or anything. There's a little bit of a travel montage. We got Atticus in one one just like rolling around and having fun and playing in the grass. And Tulip just keeps moving forward all annoyed-like, but... After this, they finally reach the door, just in time for the monster to pop out, so they all hide behind a boulder, but after a moment, they realize that nothing is actually happening, so Tulip goes to investigate and just finds a little spider, a spider dangling over a sort of a glowing green orb. The monster was just the spider's shadow being projected over the entire country. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, as science does. Exactly. <laughs> that, that tracks, right? <laughs> Like, the train doesn't have to make sense. It's a weird fucking interdimensional train that might just be actually be the projection of your mind. Well, I mean, what it is, really, is that these orbs are, like, projectors, and someone is standing in front of the projector beam and causing a hole in the image, but... <laughs> but it wouldn't go across the entire country. Because, <laughs> again, the train is fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, um... Tulip actually seems to like spiders. She thinks that's pretty cute, but then Atticus eats it because he has to vanquish the monster. Uh, he... do, do we have to add Atticus to the kill count for the X-Files? <laughs> nah, wrong show. Um... <laughs> 
He did. He has the first confirmed kill on the that show. That does remind though. me, though. Do we have to give Jake a, a point for eating that spider? Ah, <laughs> uh, we might. Hmm. <laughs> we might have to. We, we're gonna have to discuss this with uh, Kate tomorrow. Uh, good point. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so Atticus is a little disappointed though, because he thought that the water would like go down a little after the monster was defeated and stop flooding his country, and it really isn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this sets Tulip off because her number hasn't gone down and the water hasn't gone down and they haven't learned anything about what's going on and she's mad and tired and frankly I'm kind of impressed that she waited a whole week before having a breakdown like this if it was Catra it would have happened two yeah. minutes later <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah Kat Catra immediately found seeing something that go her way would immediately just throw the fucking towel at least Tulip left yeah exactly <laughs> But yeah, she's upset because the train doesn't make sense, and she's trying to logic her way out of it, but she's not making any kind of progress, and Atticus sits down and reassures her, just reminds her that just because things don't make sense now doesn't mean that they won't ever, and you can't force solutions to problems. Because, you know, after all, he couldn't deal with the monster until she arrived, so maybe there's pieces she's missing. And she starts to give him a belly rub, but uh, then they realize that, oh, wait, what was that green orb? That was pretty weird. We maybe should have questioned that instead of just running off and having a fit. Uh, <laughs> but when they go back for it, they see this, like, it's a mass of mechanical tendrils with a baby doll face with flaming eyes, just kind of opening up holes in reality and pulling more of those orbs out and just throwing them on the ground. Uh, Atticus decides that this is the real monster, but uh, Tulip just wants to run. Understandable. It's, this thing is like 20 feet tall, and it's just a writhing mass of tentacles. I hate it. Um, yeah, and, and also, again, it is literally opening up panels in reality. It's like, you probably don't want to do uh -huh, that yep. thing. I do not want to find out what happens if it opens you up. <laughs> but yeah. Um, she, so since Tulip wants to get out of here, she, she just wants to get them out of this car. So she has Atticus teach her the secret of the unsolvable puzzle door, which is just to have hands. But before she can go, uh, one one decides to talk to this thing. Uh, the thing is, is that getting its attention is a very bad move because the instant it hears one one, it whirls around and starts shooting lasers out of its flaming eyes. Uh, the lasers are not the color of the fire. The fire is like light blue, and the lasers are yellow. I don't know what's up with that. Um, Atticus charges in really impressively. He dodges like all the strikes, but when he actually gets to it, the thing just throws him aside. So instead, it pins Tulip down and demands that she, quote, return to your seat. But while it's distracted, Atticus grabs one of those spheres and just pops it into one of these open holes in reality, which stops the water flow. He did it. He saved his country for now. Um, and this monster gets distracted by that, which lets Tulip open the door and hit it in the face. Um... Said face uh, pops open, revealing a sort of semi-spheroid cavity through which lots of gears and flamethrowers are visible. Like, you see the eyes are just basically pilot lights that are going behind holes in the mask. But then the... Hmm? Yeah, this, this, this thing actually has kind of a sick design. Not yeah, it's like. exceptionally <laughs> freaky. <laughs> but yeah, then the uh, face snaps shut again, and it tries to kill Tulip. But uh, one one kind of just climbs out of her bag. I don't know when one one got back in her bag because he was talking to this thing yeah, earlier. Yeah, we didn't see that. Yeah, we didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he was apparently zipped into her bag at some point during this fight. Uh, Glad one mentions that this thing is too shooty today, and maybe it needs to spend some time in the monster dance car. But as he dances around, the the thing just kind of drops Tulip and takes off through the door. 
it doesn't go to the next car that it just like climbs along the outside of the train. So no worries about bumping into it again in the next car. You're cool. Um, mm -hmm. Yep, we definitely won't have to deal with this at any other point. Uh -huh, for sure. Damn, not at all. Last time we're going to see this thing. Yeah. Definitely. As the, uh, as the monster flees, Tulip sees her number change. It drops all the way to 101, and Glad One is kind of unsure if that's a good thing, and Tulip admits she doesn't know if it is, and that she's okay with it for now. Because she might not know how the logic of the train works yet, but she'll figure it out. And Atticus decides that since the monster got away, his kingdom still isn't safe, so could he maybe, like, come with these two and go hunt it down? He has to bring it to justice, and by bring it to justice, I mean murder it with his teeth. Um, yeah, so the tulip agrees, and they take off into the depths of the train, and that is the end of my episode. <laughs> and two days later, Corginia falls because its leader has gone to MIA and did not mention that he was taking a leave. Yeah, he of absolutely didn't tell anyone where he was going. <laughs> he fully, full on abdicates his throne. Presumably the Cardigans and the Pembrokes will <laughs> reunite their old rivalries. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, Atticus gets back and, like, the country's fully in war. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, fuck. Maybe I should have mentioned it to somebody before I left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my episode. That went by pretty quick this week. I think it was a little more straightforward than what we had last week. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, last week it was, like, establishing a lot of the shit with the train and also being the two main characters, obviously, meant the cat. Like, it's it's weird that it's, like, the cat's only been in one episode, but at the same time, the cat is, feels, like, way more of an important character than Atticus overall. And, like, I mean, I remember from this first season that that's kind of the case. Because <laughs> the cat shows up, I believe, next week again, the cat shows up, I think. And then I think again near the end of Something season. Something like that, yeah. She's, uh, yeah. listen, you get Kate Mulgrew, you don't drop her in one episode and leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it turns out when you also uh, get uh, Ernie Hudson, you also don't have him one episode and leave. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get there later, yes, though. Yes, indeed. Uh, we, have, we have a different we episode. We do, but before that. we jump into your uh, episode, there's something yeah. else we need to talk about real quick. Yeah, I was about to be like, did you want to do the pilot stuff? Because I know it's based on this episode before we go to episode four. That wasn't what I had in mind, actually. <laughs> oh. Oh, I thought it was like, oh, we can never like, do the comparison to the pilot now or later. I thought that's what you are going for. That. No, I actually wanted to take a moment and talk about our Patreon because uh, we have that now. So. Oh, yeah, we should probably actually advertise that thing, huh? Yeah, so we are currently at patreon.com slash usweirdoscast. That's right, we have a URL now. We didn't have that last time we talked about it on this show. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, fairly small, just a $2, $5 level. And uh, mostly it's there because we have server fees, and we don't like that we have server fees. But, uh, yeah, at the $2 level, you get access to our... Uh, second secret podcast we've already brought it up once on this show but uh the axe files is a uh, reread podcast for every single animorphs book it's it's a big project and we're 164th of the way done with it <laughs> uh, why do you have to phrase it like that <laughs> it's even better for the listeners because we're only one 128th of the way done for them <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we only have two of those episodes out, but we, ha we have four done. We're starting book two tomorrow. That's correct. 
And uh, yeah, at the $5 level, we do um, weekly Let's Plays and also weekly uh, queer book reviews. The other reason I wanted to bring this up now is because the thing we advertised in one of our uh, lower level accounts is that we do Patreon shoutouts on the show. So uh, this is maybe not the smoothest way to do it, but for the very first time, I'd like to give a big thank you to our very first patron who was there the day the Patreon opened, even before we actually managed to post any content. She was subscribed. So big thank you to Aurora Borealis Uh, at Casey Cosmos on Twitter. (laughs) The Nuzlocke episode was up, at the least. It's just that the Patreon itself was ter- uh, waiting to actually be Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so technically was there at the start. It's just that uh, the Patreon itself wasn't there from the start. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness. Turns out that takes like a day and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolute champion, Casey. So thank you so much, and uh, we're glad to have you. And that, yep. thank as you, Casey. far as I know, concludes this uh, plug segment. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get there. We only get the one at the moment, but uh, ideally more people will tip in when they can. You know, whether you do or not, I'm just enjoying doing this other podcast. I don't care if nobody hears it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we know one person is at least. That's Well, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Plus, Casey. I'm editing it, so we know nobody hears it. Hey. <laughs> hey, you get so much mileage out of that joke. <laughs> Uh, it's too easy. <laughs> yeah, turns out. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, with that, do we want to get to episode I think four? so. All right. Uh, episode four, the crystal car, opens with Tulip driving a moped through basically just an Itali- Italian villa, more or less, with one one in her backpack and Atticus in her lap, because uh, apparently they went ahead and helped a plant lady named Nancy with her restaurant. <laughs> And when they arrive, she tells them that the door opened a few minutes ago, and as they leave, Tulip sees her number is still at 101. So she updates her little notebook with the, what she calls the straight-up Italy car. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny literal name. Uh, and runs down the similarities of stuff she did there to the Corgi car, but doesn't understand why her number has remained static. Uh, but they go and move on to the next car, which is the aforementioned crystal car, but Tulip is later focused on trying to figure out the logic behind the number, despite Atticus trying to tell her to take it easy, because her logic trees are making one one believes he deserves bumping into crystal formations and naturally. getting a little hurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poor little guy. Uh, she does agree to put the notebook away for now, at least, and they go walking through the crystal woods around there and see some little crystal critters like birds and chipmunks. Funny little joke that the uh, the crystal birds like poop on her, but she's like, oh, actually, this looks kind of cool because it's just literally like a line of crystals <laughs> that falls on her. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they eventually come to a large wall, and Tulip hypothesizes that they need to push a secret knot in the wall to get the door to appear. But Atticus notes that uh, basically it's just high up on the wall that they're at because he goes by the assumption that if he can't see anything because of his stubby puppy legs that are within ground level of him, that means everything has to be up high instead. <laughs> <laughs> Which, hey, solid thinking at least for a two foot tall creature, yeah. at least. <laughs> I guess he's less than two feet tall because the two feet tall water would have been Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> he, he's, he's like Sonic the Hedgehog. He's fine until he hits like water that is above his head and he immediately drowns. <laughs> Loses life. Uh, and Tulip thinks that they can build a ladder to get up there, but uh, I don't know if these crystal people have like a species name or anything. I'm just I just have it listening in my notes as a crystal um, person. The one who but... hangs out with us for this whole episode is named Grage. 
Yeah, I did see that. I was trying to think if like if like Grage has like a, like like if there's like a like if like his race has a. To name the best now. of my knowledge, the answer to that is no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but yeah, it's apparently just a play on gray and beige, which is basically just the coloration that Grage is. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he walks up to them, so Tulip asks if he knows how they can get up there. I'm also, I'm also using the pronouns that are listed on the wiki, yeah. to be fair, with Grace's pronouns. Grace does not really talk. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Grace nods that they do know, or that he does know, but uh, doesn't elaborate past tapping his hands together and pressing them to his chest. Uh, because they realize, oh, okay, he actually can't speak. He makes like little, like, uh, like, whoop, whoop, or whatever kind of noises. <laughs> well, not like that. He's not a juggalo. <laughs> Well, okay, fair. <laughs> it's like that—that's the closest I can really think of. Like, it's like it sounds like you're have like a straw or something, and you're like blowing into it or something. I guess in terms of like, the kind of noise that he makes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, he's not a juggalo. The title of it. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> so far, it seems like the front runner. <laughs> uh, but yes. Uh, in any case, uh, basically what ensues is a long game of essentially charades with them trying to suss out what Grage is trying to tell them. With Atticus eventually being able to put together that the same cable-y creature from the corgi car stole the steps that lead to the door. I'm not really sure how it would do that too, because it seems like the steps would be pretty large <laughs> compared to what we see later. So I don't know how that thing was able to carry that, but sure. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, it's got one, tons of tentacles. It's probably fine. I think maybe it is way stronger than it looks. Dr. Octopus only has four tentacles, and he can carry like all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, true. He can, like, rip an entire, like, uh, face off of a clock and break it apart to throw at Spider-Man. <laughs> this is true. Uh, yeah. But in any case, uh, one of them believes that they're referring to the person that is his friend, and also he then thinks that the cable creature is his mum. But Tulip, you know, reminds him that it was trying to hurt them, which has one one state that the question stands, and, uh, oh boy, uh, been, been there at times a little bit, one one I'll be real. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, Seth one says stuff that's a little too real. <laughs> Maybe a touch. Uh, four episodes in and it's already that way. <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, the charade continues with Atticus deducing that a new staircase can emerge if they touch a certain, like, crystal, basically, yeah, right there thing, near where they are. I don't know how this happens, right but there. Atticus is weirdly good at charades for someone who does not have hands. Yeah. Yeah, he's able to suss out a lot of uh, context based on what he thinks Grace is telling them. It just happens to be 100% correct all the time. <laughs> but yeah, but they're at first not entirely sure what they have to do with this rock, but uh, they eventually he starts to think that it ha that you ever have to like sing or tell an emotional important story while touching the rock. So he tries to tell the tale of Mustard and Stinktail <laughs> uh, from his country. I, I was like expecting it. To, I, I was like, I was like pretty sure he tries to tell you like a story or whatever during this, but I didn't remember it's called Mustard and Stinktail. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it basically is just him howling and it doesn't work. So one one tries uh, like doing a dial-up modem sound at it as his version of singing, but yeah, he gets he gets basically a failed Wi-Fi yeah. connection <laughs> instead. Nothing works. It was him. cute at least. Yeah, like it, it's a, it is a little funny that it's like, oh yeah, well this show I think is like, you know, for the fact that this show is like has like more like heavy adult themes later on, it's like, okay, this show is definitely made for people like us because like if a teenager watching this, they wouldn't know what the fuck that dial-up sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're missing, kids. <laughs> AKA bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
yes. In any case, uh, Tula eventually tries her hand at singing some emotional songs, but gets nothing either. So Atticus suggests that they sleep on it, because he is a dog, so of course he just wants to take a nap. Uh, but Tulip just basically goes and tries to build a ladder, despite uh, Gracious' protest that they should continue with the rock stuff. Uh, but also nobody can help her, because the three of them don't have thumbs, <laughs> so she has to do it herself. <laughs> and while she does so, Atticus tells Grage and one one the story from before, but this time in not howling, <laughs> that's actually like English. And even though Tulip does reach the door when she's done at the end of this whole story, she finds it's locked and won't open. I'll so of course. give her this. For uh, a kid who apparently spent most of her time indoors programming, she has become very self-sufficient very quickly because she just built that ladder out of stuff she found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She. I don't know how she put this ladder together considering that, like, I mean, presumably any rope or a string or anything she would find in the crystal car is also well, made she of crystal. She was using, she, like, <laughs> crystal strands from the Weeping Willow Tree. Oh, right, right, yeah. Yeah, so that's how she was, yeah. It's still, that's probably not the best in terms of, like, securing bits of crystal together, because it's not like it's, like, proper rope. Well, that's probably true, but for a lack of other material. <laughs> yeah, I guess you gotta do with what you have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she does that anyway, and when she finds out the door won't open, she slides down the ladder, and is basically just, again, like, annoyed when Grace once again tries to tell her that she has to do something heartfelt, because he just keeps repeating, like, the whole, like, hands against his chest kind of thing. But she does at least eventually calm down and realizes with Grace's help that the song has to be emotional to herself and not just, like, an emotional song in general. So then she spends like about a minute thinking about things that she likes that actually are important to her and eventually she thinks about road trips with her family which <laughs> makes the stone start to glow a little bit and she is just like real bummed out at first that she's basically pressured in the end to sing Word Up. <laughs> <laughs> which is again not I was like oh they actually did get like a proper like real world yeah. song in this and it's like it's, it's one of those things where I'm like oh yeah it's like the two times that they had like real world songs in Amphibia of like the uh the, what's it called uh, somebody to lean on and then like the uh the k-pop <laughs> song <laughs> being like huh weird okay i guess they actually have the money for that well especially <laughs> but yeah. like i don't know it it just feels because all the other songs she sings are specifically fictive they're made up and even when yeah. they're parodies of real life songs they're very obviously not that but this is just word up <laughs> Yeah, this is just straight up like the bit like leading up to the the whole like what's the word the word up it's like it's like that whole beginning part, <laughs> it's just like yeah pretty goofy and like uh you know she does actually at least eventually get into it and also kind of like gets Atticus and one one excited and, and like participating a little bit not so much in terms of singing but like at least like kind of dancing a little okay, bit. Okay, I did this a couple times and, for the uh, Owl House when we had special music. Should I use Tulip's word up as the intro for this episode? <laughs> I, I, I think that's, even though I think it's like slightly off uh, the normal like rhythm of the song, I think that might still get us in Because that is like, I mean, I guess the Owl House intro is a real song as well, but it's like, it's not one of the lyrics. <laughs> oh. Also, we don't want to tempt fate and get the podcast taken out and get lawsuits on this. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, it's not like uh, the Infinity Train theme is exactly public domain. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, technically none of it is. No. Using for the intro. No, none of it. I mean, I guess the she song does have lyrics. <laughs> so did um, Wholesome yeah. Teenage Sweetheart or whatever that song is called. 
Oh, right, yeah, I forgot you used that one for, uh, the, what's it called, mm -hmm. hoodies, yep. uh, not gonna talk about hoodies, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's also, in the, I, I guess that's still owned, probably also by, owned by Disney, yeah, because it was made mm -hmm. for Owl House. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do crimes on this show. Uh, <laughs> turns out, yeah, I, aside from the ones that we both had admitted, admittedly, yours way more severe with you trying to make a bomb at work. <laughs> it was for a, a goof, a gag. <laughs> <laughs> You still were starting to do that when you were at work when you were like 15. It was barely even a bomb. <laughs> that still makes it a bomb. <laughs> Just because you say it was barely even a bomb doesn't mean it's not a bomb. Okay. Officer, I swear, it was only just slightly murder. Okay, but if it was barely a bomb and it was completely incapable of detonating, then it wasn't a bomb. <laughs> but the goal was still the same. <laughs> Like, I feel like intent in here is still, like, it's like, you're, you're, like, it's like splitting the hair between, like, murder and attempted murder, basically. It's like, the intent was still there to do murder, even if you failed at making the murder. I don't think it's the same thing at all. <laughs> it's like planning to do a murder with a plan that's completely impossible. Uh, all right, all right, uh, li listeners, add us on Twitter. I don't know, maybe when this episode goes live, I should make a poll on Twitter being like, is make is failing to make a bomb still the same as trying to at least just... Well, no, let me rephrase that again. It's like, you have the intent to make a bomb, even if you fail, is that still a crime because you were trying to make a bomb I would anyway. really appreciate it yes if you no. didn't. I'm okay talking on the show about it, but like, uh, leaving fair, a okay, text fair, record on yeah, Twitter. Fair, <laughs> yeah, we probably shouldn't have that as a tweet. Yeah, probably uh, not. <laughs> Okay, maybe, okay. Uh, I was about to say maybe should, people should email us that, but it's also like, yeah, maybe not also. That's yeah, we don't want Google's, a uh, paper history. chain of this. <laughs> when you do crimes, the yeah, objective okay. is to keep your footprint small. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're a politician. <laughs> hey, all right, uh, whatever. We have only uh, like another sentence here with this uh, episode anyway. We should finish it. Uh, but in any case, uh, Tulip singing eventually summons a big rock candy guy who's just like towers over them all, and he takes a new staircase out of his mouth. I don't know why it's in there, but sure. Uh, and then he takes a key out of a little tiny locket around his neck and unlocks the door, and he pieces out as Tulip's number changes eighty nine. Which is a significant jump. Like that's a that's a lot. That's twelve points in one. Yeah, cause cause you started at one fifteen, right? Um. I think so. I think yeah. so. Yes, I don't recall. Well, now I'm gonna basically open up the Google Doc to see my old notes from last week. <laughs> we did this literally a week. You think? Yeah, for remember. sure. <laughs> and, yep, one fifteen. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it's a it's a bunch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel like these two are, like, a little bit more straightforward than anything. Like, obviously, we introduced Atticus and all, and, uh, I guess when we get to the trivia, I'll mention the name of the, the cable robot person or whatever, but it's, like, I mean, I don't think saying the name of that person when it's, like, a title is gonna spoil anything about them, it but might. it's, like, <laughs> yeah, it might, but also, it's, like, eh, the name that, that they, the name that they give is, like, that at least makes sense based on, like, what it yeah. said. Um... Yeah, but it's like these these are a little bit more straightforward than the other two, just because it's like again, like it's like more like establishing the weird bullshit of the train and like 
also of course like tulip being like i want to get off the fucking train please how does this shit work nobody's yeah. telling me what the fuck i will say i did feel a little like this episode your episode specifically was very much to me the sort of who's learns the same lesson three weeks in a row because yeah like tulip does very much just learn the same lesson she did in my episode and the one before that so i yeah, a little bit of like, yeah, like, you know, it might take time, but you'll figure it out. You don't have to just rush into it. Yeah. Deal. Three times. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It, it was a little... Yeah, the, the Crystal Car one is like probably the weakest of the episodes. I, I'm inclined so to agree, easily. yeah. Yeah. Despite Wordo. Yeah. Yeah, despite despite the weirdness of that, because I definitely didn't remember that, <laughs> even though I watched this. Like, I watched this season, like like maybe like two years ago or something and i was like i definitely did not remember that <laughs> uh, yep yeah um so you mentioned earlier wanting to talk about the pilot and i'll admit that was kind of my plan but the thing is is that there's no point <laughs> like it's yeah i think i think people said it's like basically like some parts of it is like reused it is almost all. literally exactly the same like, the biggest yeah, changes like are the art style and the fact that Tulip's number is, like, 53 instead of 109, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, there's some stuff in there, but just not enough to be worth discussing a lot, so. Yeah, that's fair. I do know that, like, apparently since they reused some parts of it, like, you can see, like, a hole in the sky from, like, where the, uh, the cable robot had emerged from before, mm -hmm. I think, in the pilot. But like, uh, because that doesn't happen in this one, it's like it's it's still accidentally left there. Where it's like, there's a hole yeah. in the sky, <laughs> and then there really shouldn't actually be one, <laughs> unless I don't know. <laughs> you can explain that away of like, oh, it's taking away like parts of uh, the the weird like orbs and stuff, and that's causing like yeah, stuff it is just ripping holes in reality. It's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not the it's not the weirdest logistical leap if you notice the hole still there because they reused the footage on the pilot to be like, oh, okay, I guess it's because of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I like that's the closest thing to an '80s segment I'm gonna have for this entire series. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, I mean, to be fair, we just had another one with uh, Word Up. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's true. The <laughs> I guess I could pull up the history of Word Up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's necessary. It's uh, they didn't write that song with Infinity Train in mind. No, they definitely didn't. But I, I can tell you uh, that the first time I heard that song was the uh, country western remix that they played at the end of Kingsman Two. So <laughs> I definitely just remember that word that gave me hearing that on the radio when I was a kid growing up. <laughs> we do also. Now, related to that, we actually do have a funny bit of trivia. Actually, lay the word up later on that we'll okay. get into. <laughs> uh, would you like to go straight into that, or would you like to hit our questions first? Uh, we can go to questions. Sure thing. Time. If you have questions for us, you can send them to us at usweirdoscast on Twitter or usweirdos at cohost. I believe. I. It's been a long time. I don't remember our co-host. I think it's just as weirdos. Yeah, or at as weirdos. Okay, and then we've also got uh, usweirdoscast at gmail dot com. All of those are valid locations to send questions, and we've even had them sent through the uh, Audio Entropy Discord server. So, you know, wherever you happen to be. 
I believe we've only got one question this week, but it is from Hectora's Internet Technique, at Hectora Danger on Twitter. What embarrassing yet catchy songs would you have to sing to escape the crystal car? <laughs> For some reason, I immediately thought Escape from the City from Sonic Adventure 2. Interesting. <laughs> Does that have lyrics? Yes, okay. actually. <laughs> Wait, have you never played Sonic Adventure 2? I don't play Sonic games. Fair. Uh, they're not good. <laughs> But like, I didn't know that, uh, yeah, no, I thought everybody knew Escape from no, the City. No, not, not at all. Do we have to make Escape from the City be the outro I, song for this episode? I played Sonic and <laughs> Super Smash long. Brothers, and that's it. <laughs> I, 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 oh, is, is Escape from the City in Smash Brothers? <laughs> I think it is. I gotta find this out now. I think it is, I'm pretty sure. Because I think, like, other... Yeah, it is, yeah. Escape from the City is in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um... Yeah, it's, it's the very first... Uh, well, I guess it technically can be the first level, because, like, you can pick either, like, the good guy side or the bad guy side to start with. You don't have to, like, do the good guys before you can do the bad yeah. guys in Sonic Adventure 2. I'm gonna be honest, I'm a little surprised you didn't say the town inside me, but okay. <laughs> Uh, that's, well, that's because it's like, I don't actually know the, all the lyrics of the town, ah, I sure. know, listen to it a lot. <laughs> also, that's really not embarrassing, because that's, that's like, I mean, yeah, that's something, like, if you listen to it closely at the start, is a little bit of a bummer, because it is talking about this story mm -hmm. and all. You know, obviously not saying this story as much as it is really heavily implying it, but it's like, it's a pretty triumphant and catchy song, otherwise. Fair enough. Especially near the end. As opposed to fucking Crush 40. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Forty is uh yeah it, that is um butt rock as butt rock. <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, I don't know. Probably Uranus by Nana War of Steel. That's ridiculous and catchy and embarrassing to sing. <laughs> it's about space, but also butts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, space butts. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any others I can really think of necessarily. Let's see, in, in um, the music video, the, all the backup dancers dress up as Sailor Uranus from Sailor Moon, so it's like... <laughs> 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 I'm posting it in the chat. Probably don't listen to it now because we've got a show going on, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really probably can listen to this now. If I can have the link, Escape from the City for you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not that difficult if you want to listen to it that badly. You you can you know yeah, the title of it. But yeah, um, I that think doesn't... that's our question. Thanks, Victoria. <laughs> Again, I don't know why I thought Sonic Adventure Two of all things. I, maybe it's just because that is just shitty butt rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh yeah, but in any case, uh, we can uh, move on to the trivia, I guess. Got. Kind of a shorter one, but I have like there's at least like something that we can talk about For later sure. on after we're done with this. But uh, yeah, uh, in any case, as mentioned earlier on, uh, Atticus is voiced by King Ernie Hudson. Ghostbusters. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Winston Zendemore and Ghostbusters. He's also uh, Colonel Davis in Twin Peaks. Uh, Warden Leo Glynn in HBO's Oz from '97-03. Definitely didn't know that existed. Uh, and director Harry McDonald in Miss Congeniality. A lot, of the, a lot of his credits are, like, he's in, like, a few episodes of, like, a guest yeah. character, rather than, like, 
you know, he's not usually like a like a pretty like uh like consistent on a show in particular. I'm not even a little bit surprised. Yeah. I mean yeah, considering that, like, again, like, Zeth and is kind of the Ghostbuster a lot of people forget about anyway, even though he is probably the best one. Well, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that people forget about him. He just, like, even the movies and all the merchandise seem deliberately poised to cut him out. And at least partly, yeah. I think that's because, in the first one at least, he doesn't join until about halfway through. He's, like, the, the hired-on guy. Yeah, that's, that's true, but yeah. at the same time, yeah. even after that, he just does not get the respect that everyone else gets. If you read the uh, IDW like, Ghostbusters comic, they do a lot of really good work with Winston, and I love it, but that's the comic book, which probably very few people will read compared to people who watch Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> I also can't really say that he gets like a lot of respect in the second one, because like, he's the one that like falls in like the weird goop, right? Uh, I mean, it's Ghostbusters. They all fall in the weird goop. Uh, like, true. Specifically, at the beginning of the second one, he's the one who's doing children's birthday parties in his Ghostbuster outfit. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's also because, like, by that point, New York City is also kind of just stuck on the Ghostbusters in general, even though they literally stopped the safe hush marshmallow mm-hmm. in <laughs> and, like, have evidence that ghosts are real, but for some reason, people don't believe that, even though stay fussed happened, well, like, a year prior. As per Ghostbusters 2016, aka the best Ghostbusters movie, there is a phenomenon in the Ghostbusters universe that causes people to forget evidence of the paranormal if they are not re-exposed to it on a daily basis, so... <laughs> oh, okay. To be fair, I haven't actually seen the 2016 or the other Ghostbusters, which was, like, last year? I also have not watched Ghostbusters right? Afterlife. I have very little interest in um, actually using the images of dead people to, to you know, run your movies. Like, oh wait, they did that in that. Yeah, one? yeah, they they sure did bring in a CGI. Oh, oh, oh right, 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 yeah, right, because his actor passed away a few mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, right, Harold Ramis. Yeah, and uh, cool, yeah, fun. He's like the driving plot behind that movie. Once you get past the kids, so I really have no interest in Ghostbusters Afterlife because it's pretty ghoulish, even for a ghost movie. I am a. Yep. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe uh, stop trick, uh, making uh, artificial intelligence of people. I mean, like, it's a thing of, like, you know, people being like, oh, look at this, isn't so funny that people use AI to make, like, Biden and Trump talk about video games, and it's like, no, it's actually kind of fucking horrifying. Because uh-huh. <laughs> then, then you see stuff like the fucking tweet where people thought that Biden was, like, basically making the draft mandatory for people, and it's like, no, that's a fucking AI bullshit thing. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck, what the fuck, people? Ugh. <laughs> uh. Fucking hell. Yep. Uh, okay, in any case, uh, I guess if you don't want to know the name of the robot person and with all the cables and stuff, skip ahead the next, like, ten seconds, because I'm going to say the name. Uh, but they're referred to as the Stewart, which we'll learn later on. And that's apparently just also voiced by Ashley Johnson, but only in the first book, because apparently they're voiced by Cressley, who's one of uh, one one's halves in book four, as well as Lena frickin' Hetty, who I did not know was in the show. <laughs> <laughs> also later on in that season. And it's like, okay, uh, I, I guess I know Lena Hetty is in this show in some capacity. <laughs> didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's one way to find out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I also didn't know that Ernie Hudson was in this to begin with, and it's like, I was like, when I was like even watching the episode when Atticus was introduced, I was like, I'm pretty sure I recognize Atticus's voice, 
who is that? It's like, oh, it's fucking Xenomorph? What the <laughs> hell? And then it's like, oh, turns out also Cersei Lannister is in this too. Oops. <laughs> All right. Uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, the other two voice actors I have in this are just, like, they're people from the staff, because uh, Nancy, the, the flower lady, is voiced by Lindsay Katai, who's one of the yeah. show writers, who was the writer on the Crystal Car episode. And the, the cross-eyed ducks, I, I think it's just the one in particular that asks if Tula could help him find his correct <laughs> eyes, which is horrifying. And also, uh, Grage are voiced by Owen Davis. I have voiced in parentheses because technically Grage Yeah, that's really fair. Good, <laughs> yeah, you get what you mean. Uh, but other things I have is uh, Tulip's notebook mentions some other cards that we hadn't seen at all. Like, she has the ones listed that we have seen up to that point in the show, but she also has in her notes the Monkey Bars car. The Friendly Eyeballs car, the Mannequin car, the Water car, the Hold Music car, which I guess is just having to listen to the telephone for like a half hour, uh, the Flying Fish car, the Kombucha car, and the Bats Instead of Bees car, which I don't know what that implies. I kind of hate a lot of those, actually. <laughs> yeah, none of those sound good, really. <laughs> like, yeah, who knows? Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I just like that it specifies bats instead of bees, and it's like, what context would it be bats instead of bees, though? <laughs> is it bats making honey? Is it bats being used to play baseball? <laughs> or uh, bees instead? Yeah, no, no, I, no, I guess it would, no, that, that'd be the way around, that'd be bees being used to play baseball. Um, I guess it's really bats being used to make honey, right? That sounds horrifying. There's a lot of things that I don't like, and I can't even begin to narrow down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, the full song that plays in the monster dance car is called Boogie Bash, which is obviously an illusion Naturally. of monster mash, that's why she says they ask her to mash with them. Uh, da -da -da. Yep, the, the first song that Tulip sings is a Zeppelin-themed parody of My Heart Will Go On, <laughs> implying that in this universe, I guess there was a uh, sad uh, uh, film adaptation of the Hindenburg disaster instead of the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and apparently, uh, the various songs that uh, Ashley Johnson was singing were basically improv a little bit because uh, apparently she's actually a good singer in real life, and they basically had to make uh, tell her to sing worse than she can yeah. as Tulip. Well, I'm not shocked from a professional <laughs> voice actor. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, as I, mean, I recall, she is, she is the lead singer on multiple of Critical Role's theme songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure she has done that. Uh, also amusingly, apparently, uh, just in terms of, like, getting access to use WordUp, uh, Dennis and the team had to write a letter to Larry Backgammon of Cameo to explain their usage of the song, and Ashley Johnson apparently had never heard the song before until 20 minutes before oh, recording. okay. <laughs> yeah, just amusing that it's like, oh, somehow she had never heard the song until, like, the day of. <laughs> it's like, alright, cool. Alright, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's all I have on that. And, um, I mean, the one the one other thing I mentioned that we could discuss about is uh, we do know the date that that will house ends, unfortunately. Yeah. Slash fortunately. Yeah, we, we have that glimpse of the future. Yep. Uh, I mean, it will be in exactly four weeks from now, because, I mean, like, if it's just like the other two specials, it will air at 9 p.m. on... The eighth of Feb of uh, not eighth of February, <laughs> uh, eighth of eighth of April, yeah. which 
especially devastating for me and other uh, people in the, in the discords that like uh, Owl Husk has also where we have crossover where like those people and me also like Gundam Witcher Mercury and that comes back the very <laughs> next day so uh, where they left off that first half of the season I think they're actually calling this part season 2 wrapping the right. other half because like the first one was like 12 episodes or whatever okay but if the Owl House finale so it's like, was oh. on February 8th of next year do you think that would be better or worse because it would give you some time to disengage pro- <laughs> probably worse worse though actually because it's like we would have to wait so long especially with like the two of us being a little down on for the future it's like us being like yeah you can't wait like almost a whole year <laughs> i can i can more than a year because that yep. was in january yeah it's like you can't you can't wait 13 months between those two yeah but polish time though <laughs> yeah but it's done now <laughs> like, it was like earlier today or yesterday when it's like even dana being like yeah we're, we're done with that episode it's wrapped up see you on the eighth <laughs> yeah uh, i mean yeah I, I, so like i'm pretty sure that like the the leak from a while ago was i were saying the 8th or the 15th and it did say watching and dreaming was the title so like yeah all that basically turned out to be accurate yeah, that's that's my understanding yeah so uh, I guess we'll see in like uh, two weeks from now with fucking iTunes Canada leaks again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, truly the most evil thing Canada has ever done. Sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if it does, though, I think we should actually not watch it in advance because it's the finale. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, in my case, I would have to basically avoid the internet for two weeks. But I think I think it'd be more fun to watch it when it actually airs <laughs> with everybody else. Especially again, because like I mean, we did watch watch uh, for the future two weeks early, but also it's like again we were like, yeah, the episode was like not the greatest actually, especially after uh, yeah. thanks to them. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I guess it's like one of our last chances to like. Uh, I mean, we already kind of did this of like being like, what else could happen at one when it's like uh, we're all we're kind of not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Still feeling pretty solid about the death pool. Compared to me, where I'm like, I know I'm yeah, gonna lose. Yeah, I mean, I put all my <laughs> chips on black, so. <laughs> yeah, the, the safest option you could do, actually, considering that the, the board basically has, like, 75% black spaces compared to the rest. It might not be, honestly. I mean, given how many times Bellows has been pasted and then come back. Uh, I mean, to be fair, that was, like, only really one time. Twice. Like, he's falling apart. Like, he's... No, he was only he only goes back to the wall once. Yeah, but he's lost twice. Yeah, well, I mean, yes and no, I guess. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, he's not I'm like just saying, he didn't die twice. I would not put it past <laughs> to survive somehow. Yeah, I don't think he does. I think that guy has to be fully plastered, <laughs> or or just like if it's not that, maybe he just like falls into a pile of goop and just dissolves fully. Like even if it's reincarnated as a new version of the original and who's not as evil, I don't. It's Disney, you know? I fully believe that they are capable of finding a way. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I, I I just see it like as like, oh, well, I don't think they can go the Andreas route with him as much. No, like, absolutely. You, know, you had like you had like full episodes about like Andreas being like, yeah, he's clearly actually not okay with the stuff that's going on and it only just took him until the very end to finally step down, yeah, more like or less. Yeah, Bellos in his current compared form to, will not compared to Bellos. For sure, that, that's a guarantee. <laughs> But that doesn't mean yeah. he's not gonna survive. <laughs> uh, I, I want to see that man die. This is the owl house <laughs> we're asshole. talking about. Even if he is continuing to be himself, like it would not be the least owl house thing in the world for evil to continue to exist in the world. You know. 
Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It still seems like it's probably more likely that that guy does not make it, though. I mean, statistically, yes, you're probably right, but I'm trying to talk it out of being a sure thing. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, maybe it turns out we both lose with uh, having all of our points lost if we get wrong and uh, my little bit of like, I don't know, maybe like kind of maybe even nods a little bit on either uh, Luce's mom figures dying, but it's like, maybe we both just are fully wrong and we both lose all, all of our money on at Vegas. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't really have anything else. <laughs> yeah. Again, I guess it's like we already kind of like discussed that stuff before and it's like at this point, it's like, uh, it's like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a bit rough, and uh, you know, a little sad that it's gonna be finished. And like, a, hopefully, at some point, like Dana can ever like maybe continue it in some way, like even if it's like a prequel series or something like that. Like people would like to see with like Ida and everybody young, but also at the same time, I feel like they've really kind of like gone through the big like past stuff with them that there's like not as much they could really do Listen, if i'm honest i don't want anything like i understand the impulse i really do but i mm -hmm. truly do not want more if once it's done it's done let it rest not everything has to have yeah. franchise i love yeah. it I there's love that whatever dana does next i don't need like the gravity falls comic books yep. Are not good they're very bad in fact yeah and i just don't want to see that for the owl house <laughs> yeah it's also just a case like you say like not everything has to just keep going because then like in some cases you get stuff like the mcu when it's like yeah there's too much of that <laughs> it just keeps fucking going yeah it, it just i don't know it's it's very I love it, absolutely. Um, I just don't want it to end up being more than stretched beyond what it needs to be. The story it tells is yeah. great, it's perfect. I would love another season, obviously, but if we try to sequelize it or prequelize it, I just I worry about what that would be. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, sometimes it's like, well, you ever get like... Uh, I'm trying to think of like a good example here. Like you ever get like this stuff, stupid stuff like the Star Wars prequels, where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> this is how Anakin Skywalker fell to the dark side. Sure, I guess. Or it's like you get stuff like Korra, where it's like, yeah, it maybe starts a bit rough, but like at least hits its stride <laughs> halfway in, <laughs> which is not not the greatest when you when I phrase it like that. I'm like, oh yeah, like the first half of Korra, eh, not that good, <laughs> but the second half at least. Yeah. Or you get <laughs> stuff like gets the better. Fairly Odd Parents, which is ten seasons and 175 episodes. And oh, I didn't realize that Fairly Odd Parents was that fucking uh -huh. long. <laughs> and then the spinoff series, Jeez. and then the sequel movies, and then the live action spinoff series, and then the live action sequel movies. Wait, and... wait, what? Oh, wait, hang on, wait. <laughs> What's all? Wait, I didn't even know about any of this stuff. 
I knew about the like the occasional like little movies like the like the the one where he wishes it was always day like it was Christmas every day and like but that's not really not like movie movie and like I know about like the Jimmy Neutron crossover, but like there was like spinoffs. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, it that was like later like a sequel trilogy like a, a sequel. Well, there was a trilogy of live action films uh, that were sequels to the show proper uh, in which Timmy Turner was played by Drake Bell, and then there. Like, a, wait, of, of like, of yep. Drake and Josh? <laughs> and then there was this, which is pretty recent, I think. It just started. Maybe it's just about to start. I don't remember. Oh, wait, I, right. I think I do. I think I did see that, like, Wanda and Cosmos have a baby at some point. Oh, yes. That's only, like, season four or five. <laughs> of the uh -huh. main show? Oh, okay. I guess I never saw that past that. <laughs> um. Okay, yeah, oh, it looks like this show premiered last March, this live-action one, so. Who's, who, who's the girl uh, That be? would be Timmy's cousin, Vivian Turner. Not, not me, no relation. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, is that, that is like, looking at her being like, that can't be the, the babysitter, No, right? these are entirely new characters. <laughs> okay, I didn't think so. So this is like just full con like continuity reset kind Basically, of deal. Yes. Are are Cosmo one that's still cartoons yep. in it? Yep. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's like a Roger Rabbit kind of thing, but it's like it feels weird for like to do that in this day compared to back then. Well, I mean, I don't hate the idea. I just don't like that it's more of this. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's just that it's like it's not as common today compared to like the time of Roger Rabbit to have like live action mixed with CGI yeah. or uh, like, compu like computer stuff. I mean, like even like Space Jam was that. Yeah. Well, like I don't, I don't hate the live action mixed with traditional animation. That's fine. That just again, this is more fairly odd parents <laughs> after they've been running for twenty years already. Yeah. That's they fell much. into the Spongebob trap. And the point is, I don't want the Owl House to fall into the Spongebob trap. <laughs> <laughs> also fair. Or the Simpsons trap, where it's like, and, and people say current Simpsons is maybe getting a little bit better than it has been for, like, years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's like, it's still gonna be sad to see it done, because it's like, oh yeah, it's like, to be, I mean, to be fair, it's like, yeah, I think back to it, and it's like, yeah, yeah I came to the show, like, not necessarily late, but, like, definitely after season one, because I watched it, like, back in December of 2020 and all, that it's like, yeah, it's, it just feels like it's, like, gone so quickly, but at the same time, we're also like, well, also, like, season two took basically two <laughs> years to do, yeah. <laughs> more or less. Yeah, you and me both, but I feel like we'll probably have a lot more to say about that when it's actually time, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, before we redirect, you know what I would love would be the Azura novels. I don't necessarily want more Owl House, but give us that trash. <laughs> yeah, like if they actually made those as real yep. books. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um... Maybe have it like have like maybe make it be like Marcy's journal or something that where it's like Luz has like written stuff in the margins or whatever. Yeah, that's certainly not unprecedented. I mean, the uh, Gravity Falls did the journal, which was very solid. That was probably the best out-of-show material yeah. they had for that. Because, like, 
Because there was, like, a Animal House novel of some sort that was planned, but then they canceled it because, like, the company that was, like, in charge of it wasn't paying the writers. And, like, well, I'm my to... understanding is that they were running that through Tokyo Pop, so that shouldn't surprise anyone because that's, like, the scammiest yeah. publishing company there is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not surprising. Still a bummer that that didn't get made, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you should probably pay people mechs yeah. and stuff compared to not. <laughs> oh, you know what else is really good is the uh, Star's Magic Book of Spells from the uh, Star vs. the Forces of Evil. That's great. Oh, I didn't know that they made one. Yeah, they sure did. It's really weird how, like, Disney doesn't seem like they want to actually, like, advertise as much of their, like, modern shows in terms of, like, merchandising, but they'll occasionally put out, like, a book companion yeah. to it. I mean, there's still, to this day, no official Owl House merchandise at all. Except for those t-shirts. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, that ran through Hot Topic. Which, wait, which ones? Oh, all right, yeah, those. They're like, really uh, poorly I guess designed. I there are, yeah, I guess, there are, I guess there are also those, like, two little, like, companion books, but it's, like, it's like more like a, like, here's Luce's, like, thoughts on the Boiling Owls or whatever, and, like, the, but it's, like, really just, like, retelling of, like, I think, which is, which is before Wizards yeah. or something. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, that's not really anything interesting or different. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, I'm looking, looking literally right at uh, six plushies, or seven plushies, right? I was getting flapjack right there, like, literally within, like, not arm's reach of me, but, like, like six feet away or whatever <laughs> up on my wall in the plushie net. None of those are legal. <laughs> or not, no, not really legal. I mean, they're from the Mystery Shack, but it's like, none of those are official. Well, yeah, no, I mean, fair. It's not like I don't have this deck of cards here with me. Yeah. I mean, Couchin's getting, like, all my fucking money on this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. And I know eventually they're gonna make Season 3 at Lucid Avenue. I'm gonna be like, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, fuck, no, I already have three Lucid and three Avenues. I don't need a fourth one, <laughs> but, like, my own my wallet will buy them anyway. <laughs> I'm just wondering if it's going to be like, if it's like the beginning of Thanks to Them, where it's going to be them and their like Azura and Hecate cosplay. Well, sure, but then there's or also going to be the finale outfits, so. Fuck, shut and up. And then the epilogue outfits, and. Shut up, I cannot have seven plushies of Lucy and Abity, all from Kyoto. Shut up. <laughs> okay, I'll stop talking, if you're sure. But, but, but also, Reese, if you want to make that, make that. <laughs> There's no chance that they're listening to the podcast unless, but I doubt it. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, still spent way too much money on stuff from Owl House. <laughs> I feel like, in a way, we've been dragging this a little bit because like, we're done with yeah, the episode, they... but also it's only an hour and 30 minutes in, so it's really weird, like... I instinctually want to keep going longer, but also I don't have much else to talk about. We yeah, there's, there's really there's really not much. Yeah, unfortunately, we kind of had a little bit more too much of a preamble before we even hit record, being like, "This is stuff we probably should have actually had on the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, turns out again, like, it's weird that like the episode that introduced Atticus is like kind of one we blazed through, kind of. Like, a little bit, it took a little bit longer than, like, the Crystal Car one, but it's, like, it's still one that's, like, we didn't really spend a whole lot of time talking about this episode and introduce one of the other main well, characters. that's true, but he's kind of just nothing in that episode. 
Yeah, yeah, that is true. Like he's introduced and he's like, I have quests. You want quests? And it's like, I have other quests. I go with you to do quests. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, his entire conception in this episode is, am dog, do dog things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, I don't know. Hopefully he'll get more depth of character as we keep going, but for the moment, that's that's kind of where he's sitting. Yep. No, I mean, yep, well, because I'm pretty sure, again, like, I think we have way more interesting stuff going on next week, because I'm pretty sure we have the cat's car next week at some point. Uh-oh. Hmm? Uh, I just pulled a random card from the Elf House Tarot deck, and uh, this week's card is the Emperor. It sure is. So, God damn it. <laughs> look forward to next week, everybody. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't actually know the significance of tarot cards, so I don't know if that's good or bad. That's fine. There's no such thing as, like, a bad card. Arguably, there are a couple of bad cards, but it's, it's all down to interpretation. All right then. I will take your word for it. It's it's probably fine. It's probably not a goo man coming to kill us all. <laughs> now you got me googling significance of emperor card. <laughs> it's all like <laughs> law and order and that sort of thing. Oh yeah, all this stuff definitely doesn't talk anything actually about Bella. <laughs> There's no protection or logic here besides murder an entire dimension's worth of people. <laughs> protection is interesting. That's not one I hear from the Emperor mostly. It's usually like authority, dominance, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it's saying stability, power, protection, logic, realization, a great person, aid, reason, conviction, also authority and will. But that's also in like the, the, the ups words and not like the reversed mm-hmm. one. Well, I mean... Reversed is, like, a whole other thing. This isn't a tarot podcast, we don't. (laughs) No, this is a Lord of Rings podcast. I've been talking about Infinity Chain for, like, a half hour. (laughs) Oh, you're right. Obviously, the Emperor is so wrong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Different goo monster. Um... But I thought he's like I thought he was just like a flaming like it's not like the flaming guy is more like his soul once his body gets destroyed and not like yeah a that, uh, he's not a good monster. I was just it was a, yeah. it was a thing I was saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess he's arguably a goo monster, but only like metaphysically. It, yeah, like he more just like gets in your head or whatever yeah. via the ring. It doesn't matter that much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the Ring of Power actually doesn't really do, like, a whole lot either, besides just being like, eh, it's, like, arbitrary power, what to do? Eh, don't worry about it. Well, power. Uh, like, the thing is, is that the Ring of Power gives you... We only see, like, level one of its abilities, because the abilities the Ring has are dependent on the attributes of the wearer, so because Frodo is a level one nothing, he doesn't get anything cool. <laughs> <laughs> You get a, you get some uses of invisibility once per day. That's it. Pretty guy. much, yeah. <laughs> this uh, this is magic item is uh, it's not an exalted artifact yet. You got to figure that out. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess you threw it in the lop instead. Well, that's also cool. Yeah, like if he had had more ambition or greed or whatever, then he would have had more abilities from the ring. Like if Aragorn ever got it, the world would have just been bones. But <laughs> anyway, um. 
So I guess that's probably it for us this week because we devolved back into Lord of the Rings talk. So uh, if you have oh, enjoyed this sensical, senseless rambling, uh, you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket or on co-hosts at nobody. I am also on uh, the Transverse on every Saturday. They're running a show, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. It's an actual play show called All on the Table. We do a different game focused every week. It's, it's all by and for queer folks. I am on the first and fourth Saturdays, and then sometimes other days that I do not have the schedule for because I'm not the, one of the video editors. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and I'm also still at at the Oblivion or underscore. That's ah, that. Fuck, I fucked it up. The underscore Oblivion on Twitter, just Oblivion on GoHost. I'm not on any like D and D actual play or anything just those uh we should totally use lord of rings music for the outro <laughs> <laughs> well i do have the piano score i could play it myself and then i made copyright <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> uh, hey, do you have a piano an electronic one yeah not oh, a okay. like full piano yeah, I, like, I didn't think you had like a full on i didn't think you had a full-on piano at your apartment <laughs> in canada <laughs> Of all the things you could take with you from Texas to there, it's like, yeah, clothes, nah, furniture, nah, bed, nah, I took well, the piano. It was tricky getting it in the U-Haul, need. but it was... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so I think until next time, there's not much left to say, but remember, <laughs> us weirdos have to stick together. together. Bye. And my axe. <laughs>